stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're going to have a lot of fun today. First of all, if you have not seen the movie, Oz the Great and Powerful, you have got to put that on your agenda for this coming weekend, or tonight. (laughs) Soon, um, because it is a lot of fun and it's beautiful. It's a, the cinematography is definitely going to get an award, and perhaps even uh, the guest that is going to be on Dr. Carol's couch today. His name is Tim Holmes, and he plays the circus strongman in Oz the Great and Powerful. And um, uh, if you've seen the movie, you know exactly who I mean, because actually, Tim, you're like in one of the first. Scenes of the movie, you know, when they go through, and I love the way they did that first black and white, and then when they get into Oz, it's all color, it's it's beautiful. Um, But you're, I was like surprised, you were in, like in two, within the first minute of the movie, right? I think, yeah, yeah, it's pretty much like the first um, 15 minutes I'm I'm in the scene. Yeah, the first 15 seconds, you mean? I mean, when, uh, no, it, when no. it comes, I'm talking about at the beginning, in the black and white, before you have your actual part, um, where it shows yeah, you, yeah. you know, being a strong man. Yep, on stage, you're right, you're right, right. yeah, there's a little shot of me on stage, yeah. Yes, yes, well, and it's, <laughs> since you're big, you can't miss you. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I don't know if anyone has said this to you before, but I'll, at the risk of that, um, let me just tell my listeners that Tim is like the embodiment of the quote, uh, by Stanislavski that is, remember, there are no small parts, only small actors. And that yes. is what he told acting students, um, you know, who complain about, oh, this, I don't have a big enough part. And, um, and, you know, of course, that's, that's lived in, um, he's a legend for that, that comment alone, that, that quote alone. And Tim is, um, is, <laughs> is big in lots of different ways. First of all, his size, and he'll tell us about how he got that way. And then uh, big in terms of his heart, and you'll hear more about that when um, I ask him to tell us about how he actually landed the part. And then um, big as far as in the movie, you have the key role. Um, We'll talk about your role in a bit, but uh, launching uh, Oz into his balloon which starts the movie, essentially. I mean, if it weren't for you, <laughs> chasing him, threatening him, he wouldn't get to Oz. <laughs> no, no, I, I started the whole thing. 
Um, so, all right. So let's start with, um, because I've been reading some reviews and stories about you, and let's start with, how, because ever you know, I'm sure lots of my listeners um, have a dream or know someone who has a dream to come from someplace other than Hollywood, come to Hollywood and star in a blockbuster movie like you did, or at least be featured in a blockbuster movie like you did. And, um, and yet you did it. <laughs> so lots of people are sitting there thinking, you know, this would be great, this would be my dream, and yet you managed to come from what I, what I um, have a feeling were rather humble beginnings, or at least rather, rather troubled beginnings, and you managed to pull it off. So why don't we, it's, you know, it's almost like, I don't know if you thought of this as you were acting in the movie, but it's, in a way, I don't know, did you identify with Oz in a way? Yeah, Oz, yeah, definitely, and most probably young men do, you go through the beginning stages of life uh, wanting the uh, the flashy stuff in life, being a womanizer, um, and not really... Uh, listening to your heart i mean we all know what's good we all know what the good thing is to do but you know we choose not to do it and that's what happened to oz i mean he knew what the good thing was to do was and he had a good heart but he just wanted to be a young man and enjoy everything as much as he could and you know his monetary gain was important to him you know and being with uh <laughs> different women was important to him too that's what got him in trouble with the strong man. That's why I was going to rip his head off. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. Right. Why don't we talk about that? Yes. That. That. Go ahead. Why? Why is that? Uh, oh. Oh. What? What? What happened? Uh, yeah. Storyline. Us. Yeah. What happened is uh, uh, there's a music box that he gives to the women that he's trying to seduce, and uh, I found uh, a music box in my wife's possession. And I smashed it to smithereens, and I was going to go to Oz's trailer and rip his head off. And he tries to run away from me, and he escapes in the hot air balloon. That's how he gets to the land of Oz, because of that. And that's pretty much something he does throughout the movie. One, two, three, yeah, three times he, he pops out that music box, or four times he pops it out to different women throughout the movie. So that kind of is a little like, I don't know. Seductive this, trick. Yes, there you go, seductive magical trick. Because, yeah, right. Because um, because he tells the women that this is a music box left to him by his grandmother, right? His, his grandmother yeah. or his great grandmother, and yeah. uh, and he tells some story, romantic story about her and how so that this is the most pre- precious possession he has, and he's yeah. going to give it to them, making these women feel like they're the most important woman in the world for him. And that's yeah. how he seduces them. And then, yep. of course, you find your your wife has possession of, of one of those, which means that he at least tried to seduce her. Yes, exactly. That's a no-no for the strong man's wife. Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> that's right. So, all right. So now getting back to you and your, your uh, days of, of wine and roses and women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it 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 took me a long time to understand too. Pretty much like Oz. I mean, um, I didn't get married till I was thirty nine, mm. and glad I waited because I would have screwed it up before, guaranteed. So I waited till I was, you know, ready, mature enough to handle a relationship of that magnitude and get married and make it permanent. 
And that's why I waited that long. And it's been great ever since. Now we have two twin boys, and we couldn't like it any other way. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. So you you were born in um, Michigan. In, it was in Pontiac, Michigan? Uh, Lansing, Michigan. Yep. Lansing. It's the capital, capital of Michigan. Used to be Detroit at one time, but then they moved to capital Lansing. Um, born and raised here, and actually went out to California in 1985 for music. And then I got signed to MCA Records. Then I got dropped. Then I got into acting. Uh, did a couple things here and there. Then I was in book and nothing. Then I got freaked out and I got into the fire department to get a real job. And then I had a midlife crisis and I moved back home in 2002 and I bought the house I grew up in. Huh. And um, I've been go- I go back and forth every year. I head out in um, October uh, every year. And I stay until I just got home last Monday, actually, to Michigan, to my place in Michigan. So I have a place out in California, Woodland Hills, and then I have my home back home in Michigan that I grew up in. And uh, that's what I do. That's what I do. And, and Oz, actually, I booked Oz here, which is great, and, uh, in Michigan. It was just another one of those auditions I got, and they gave me the choice of actually um, shooting the audition on my own and sending it to my agent and they're going to upload it to production. So I'm a filmmaker. So I shot this audition piece like a short film on, on location and everything. Edited it, color corrected it, mixed the sound. What do you mean on location? Where did you shoot it? Um, Because it took place in a circus uh, grounds and a trailer, uh, the scenes. And so I went and I found this uh, empty lot and I put a trailer there and uh, I used that for, like, you know, Oz's trailer to come in and try to find him. And I just, you know, played it all out with props. And I dressed up like a strong man. And <laughs> we simulated a balloon taking off. So I had my uh, wow. camera on top of a roof of an RV really high up, like 12 feet, and shoot down at me like I'm looking at the balloon taking off. Huh. So, um, you yeah, put a lot was, of effort into that. Well, I mean, I mean, I... I I researched a movie. I saw who was involved in it, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi is a filmmaker from Michigan. He used to shoot films on Super 8. So I knew he'd appreciate uh, this extra effort of me shooting mm-hmm. a short film. Because he's a filmmaker. And mm-hmm. he, used to, he used to shoot a film. And um, so I, I knew, it, I knew it, all, it, would, it would catch his attention. And it did. And, and that's all I needed. I didn't, I didn't have a callback or nothing. Uh, it was booked off of that. So well, I got now, very. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So I, I got very lucky because I could easily gone off to a, a, a known actor, but he gave it to a, a no name, unknown actor. Well, now um, y- you, um, you you then had to you at some point I was reading about how you took off your shirt for Sam Raimi and um, who else and Joe Roth, the producer, and so on. How did well? How did that come about? After you, after he already booked you for the role, he then had you come out and. Sit? Yeah, well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, you know, after I got booked for the role, I had to go to the studio, uh, Raleigh Studios in Pontiac, Michigan, and uh, met with Sam, met with the head of uh, hair and makeup, head of costumes, and the producers and stunt coordinator. And then they sized me up uh, against um, a girl the same height as my who would be playing my wife. And they're like, okay, uh, you know, we're going to need you to um, 
can you take your shirt off real quick so we can see the tattoos and, and see what it looks like? Cause, you know, you're playing the strong man, so let's 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 see what's going on here. We, we saw the we saw the audition tape, but let's see you in real life. I'm like, all right, but let me just tell you before I take my shirt off, as I'm I'm buttoning my shirt, I'm saying this. Uh, it's been like over almost a year and a half, two years since I've worked out. Oh God. It, <laughs> Me and my wife just had these boys, and you know, if anyone who's ever had kids, especially if you've ever had twins, I mean, I, I, we hardly had time to sleep. I was sleep deprived. I, I, there was no way I was going to the gym for those times. I had no desire to go to the gym or no reason to at that point. So I took it off, and he's looking at me. He's like, uh huh. And he's like, and you're going you're gonna to work out, right? You're going to continue, uh, you're going to work out and, and uh, you know, get in shape and stuff for this, right? I'm like, yes, yeah, I'm so sorry, man. I, I, I'll work out every day, I promise. Every day I'm going to be working out. I, I've worked out a couple times already. But um, So as soon as I heard that and I seen that look on his face, I'm like, <laughs> man, the, the next time I show up, man, I better be in my A game. So, yeah, I really stepped it up. I worked out every day, twice a day for the three weeks, and then the second uh, set of three weeks, I worked out every day. And I... I went to the uh, the gym, health food store, and I this huge guy who worked there. I'm like, dude, I have got to gain some weight, some size. I look like a strong man in a circus. So what can I do? So he told me all the stuff I got to take, when to take it, how to take it. And, yeah, and I just ate, 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 ate. I had ice cream, weight gain shakes, three, four, five. Wow. <laughs> well, that sounds... <laughs> Well, you certainly, I mean, God, you certainly looked huge in the movie, so uh, it certainly worked. Well, we do need to take a break. Um, When we come back, we'll hear more about Tim Holmes and his own, uh, how he realized his own dreams and what it was like shooting uh, Oz the Great and Powerful. And uh, we'll talk about the plot of the movie in case, for those of you who haven't seen it, we'll uh, sort of get you on board. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Think of the world. 
50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Tim Holmes. He plays the circus strongman in the box office hit movie, Oz the Great and Powerful, which if you haven't seen uh, yet, you need to make plans to go see ASAP. Um, Tim was telling us about uh, about how he wound up getting that part, and um, I just wanted to go back to that a little bit. First of all, I was kind of curious, how is it that Sam Raimi, you must have disguised yourself well in the um, film that you made to to get the part, as far as, or, or that he didn't realize that you, you know, that you weren't bigger than than you were. You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, I, in my audition tape that I shot, I wore like um, a tank top. Uh, and then in the film, you have to wear like a little onesie leotard and tights. So I wore like some baggy old 1980s workout pants and a tank top with a weight belt on it and weight gloves on. That was my interpretation of my strongman for my uh, um, short film I shot for the audition piece. And then when you got there and then I tried on the costume, I'm like, oh, man, this shows a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you looked great in it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, so I, I knew I had to step up my game, and I mean, I gained 25 pounds for this. That's all. That's all 25 pounds. That's a lot. Well, oh my gosh, it was horrible. It was so no, but you look like I mean, I've met you, you and, and you you look like you. I mean, in the movie, you looked a lot more than 25 pounds heavier. Really? Okay. The, I mean, Phil in a good... Film makes, makes you look bigger? What? Film <laughs> makes you look bigger? Well, <laughs> yeah, true, but I mean, I guess that's 25 pounds of solid muscle. I don't know. But, right. um, I mean, you looked huge, and it was really effective for the part. Um, so I, I just want to go back for a second, because, again, I love I love to inspire people, and as I was saying at the beginning... You know, so many people have dreams of coming to Hollywood and making it in a movie and especially being in such a blockbuster that's so cool. And I just want to read um, what some of your, this is sort of the, I don't know if you, uh, if you knew they were going to ask some of your high school friends what they thought of you, but th- that would be like a, uh, a horror, you know, a, like what are my high school, <laughs> no one wants to know what their high school friends are going to say about them. I mean, you, it's, you sort of worry how bad it's going to be, you know. Yeah. But your friends said really good things. They said, um, one said that the way you were in the in the movie, um, large and menacing, was the opposite of the real life you. Uh, quote, in high school he was pretty much a band geek. Um, this one high school girlfriend or friend who was a girl said, uh, he was a gentle, kind guy. 
And then they describe her as having worked with you at the Country Parlor ice cream restaurant and hanging out afterwards. Um, someone else said he was a great, he was a real goofball. Um, he was ridiculously good looking. And then, and then the article says that may have led to sometimes, to a sometimes wild youth. I was a problem child, you admitted. So just, just go back to that a little bit, the problems that you started from. Yeah, um, I started, what, where was that? In, uh, 10th grade. So yeah, I kind of got out of control on my 10th grade summer. I got kicked out of band camp. I like that. Uh-huh. And I got kicked out of band camp and kicked out of the school. And then I had to go to uh, another school. And I was in that high school uh, for about half a year. Then my dad pulled me out of there because I was getting in trouble there. My dad took me over to where uh, my mom my mom and dad were divorced. So my dad lived about 10 minutes away from my mom. So I had to live with my dad. My dad had a flower shop and a party store, and he lived behind it in the house. So I lived with my dad and my stepmom, and they raised me from uh, middle of 11th grade and uh, to, you know, when I was a senior. And I left at 18 to come out to California. But, uh, you know, I mean, of course, you know, as a kid, you, you always hate that kind of stuff. You don't want to do that. But it was, looking back on it now, it was truly the best thing for me because my dad was strict. And he okay. kept me in line, which I needed to be kept in line, and kept me tip-top, ship-shaped. So, you know, I'd go to school. They'd drive me to school, make sure I got there, drop me off. Hmm. Uh, they'd pick me up or made me walk home. I had to come home, get changed, get work clothes on, go to the flower shop and sweep and clean up all the trash and clean up the parking lot and all the grass and do whatever had to be done. And I did that until um, my stepmom got home, went home, did my homework, did my stuff, and went to bed. So it was pretty strict. And they always made me practice, too. I had to practice every day. I played trumpet in jazz band, marching band, symphonic band, concert band. So I always practice every day. So they gave me a great work ethic, which I still use to this day. Um... And it gave me a great uh, um, uh, termination to always practice uh, your art, your craft, which is what I do for my acting. I take like eight scene study classes a week. Hmm. I'm always always shooting, always editing, always doing something towards my end goal, which is to be you know a full time um, actor, filmmaker, producer. And you know you just got to do it every day and practice. You only know, get better. That's for sure. Well, you know, it's interesting because that discipline is obviously what got you to uh, um, make such intricate uh, plans, such um, detailed plans to do this and, and carry out the plans to make the tape that won you the part. Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I mean, Sam Ray said, listen, you, you, you got this because of that tape, and I mean, you know, you went above and beyond, and, you know, I, I, you killed it. You were awesome mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Then when I got on set, you know, it's just, and you know, you could always, you know, always book the part, do good in the audition, get on set, and then just be a, a, a bomb. Right. <laughs> It'll never work again. You know, I mean, a with bad attitude or showing up late and and having you know crappy attitude. Who wants to work with someone negative all day? Nobody right. does. You don't want to work and work with a negative person, Debbie Downer, all day. So, you know, I just, I learned my lesson working on set a lot and. and and you just act the right way. You have to be very professional. If call times at 5 a.m., you better be there at 4 a.m. just because you you better be grateful and humble you're even working as an actor. I mean, uh-huh. just be getting that gig in the first place. So don't take it for granted. 
Right, right, right. Yes, that you're right. That a lot that does happen to a lot of people. It's like getting it is the big thing, and then they kind of lose Gosh. steam. Oh. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the set now. Let's talk about what it was really like um, being there. First of all, the plot. Maybe we could sort of um, go through that for people who haven't who who haven't seen the movie yet. Right. So, um, <laughs> kind of weird. Uh, they cannot use or say anything about the Wizard of Oz in this film in, in, in a lot of sense because, uh, A, Sony doesn't own the Wizard of Oz. Warner Brothers does. And they didn't find this out until a year after uh, pre-production that they can't get the rights to Wizard of Oz. So they had to come up with a fresh, all-new story about how the Wizard of Oz came to the, to the land of Oz. And that's what this is about. This is about how the Wizard of Oz, James Franco, and his character name is Oscar Diggs, got to the land of Oz. And this is it. And then, um, so there's no Dorothy, there's no Tin Man, there's no Scarecrow, there's no uh, line in it. And it's uh, all new fresh characters except for the witches and stuff. And um, But even had, they were changed some. Yeah, yeah, even they had to be changed too. I mean, they could, a lot of things are going to say Ding Dong, the witch is dead, or... You know, the ruby slippers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the ruby slippers. That was one thing that I noticed uh, wasn't in there. Uh, I mean, of course, there wasn't any Dorothy yet, but it's there. there it, was, it did let the, set the stage, in a sense, um, for some of these characters that would come in the, in the movie or the book um, uh, of Oz, the, the wonderful Wizard of Oz, because um, some of the characters were... Um, you know, like the the what was his name, the little monkey. Um, I mean, there were some things where, that foreshadowed the actual story. Yeah, I thought that was very clever the way they did that. So go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to yeah. interrupt. So go ahead with the story. No, it was. I mean, it was. I I, I thought I've seen this thing over like two dozen times now, and uh, yeah, it's it, it it's great. I mean. You know, they did copy, you know, a couple of things. Like, you know, the first the first beginning was black and white, and then with the color. You know, we have the Emerald City, and we got the Munchkins. Um, so there is some stuff that they still kept in it. Um, but, you know, as, you know, me, I, I'm, I'm 45. You know, I grew up watching The Wizard of Oz. But this is for a whole new audience of kids. So mm. now their own little take on it, and then they'll go from here, and who knows where they're going to go in the second film. I mean, I know the witches are going to come back and try to get, you know, uh, control over Emerald City again. Um, that's that's for sure um, for the sequel. But um, who knows where it's going to be taken to, and what other different fresh characters are going to be coming in in the sequel? But uh, yeah, it's, it's man, it's such a good film, and I've seen it so many times. I'm still well, on board. <laughs> yes, it's it's a film that you can see so many times because so much is going on in each uh, scene that you know it's hard to like see it all the first time. Um, but just to to give a little more to flesh out the plot just a little more i don't want to like ruin it for people but um right. when when oz gets uh blown away in the when the tornado um takes his balloon and blows him to the land of oz he lands and he finds the first of the witches um who's myla kunis and that's uh, her name is theodora and um yep. she she starts out as being a good witch not the good witch but a a good witch um, and she is happy that he's come. There's been a prophecy that the, the a wizard would come and save the Emerald City. 
and yep. um, and they, that's who. Um, and she has a sister, so she falls in love with Oz. He ha- he uses his charm on her. He uses the music box and so on. And as they are walking to the land of Oz, um, he, she falls in love with him and thinks that she's going to be his uh, princess or, or queen. Actually, when he becomes the king, in a sense of, of Emerald City. So then they get to Emerald City and they meet her sister, um, who is. Um, wait a second. Who's the sister? It's Rachel Rachel, White. Rachel Weiss. Yes, Evanora. Um, these these witches' names are a little. <laughs> and uh, Evanora has different ideas. Um, you know, she's actually turns. Oh well, I don't want to. Well, <laughs> she turns out to be the bad witch. It's it's you kind of get that. Um, and then and then but, but she, and she tries to send Oz. Um, off on the wrong track, saying you know that that uh, the woman who the Glinda the Good Witch is the is the bad witch, and she tries to trick him. And Glinda is played by Michelle Williams, and um, and so <laughs> so he goes off on all these adventures and and is trying to save Oz, but kind of gets confused by all these women <laughs> who are uh, who have their own agendas, except for Glinda the Good Witch, who who's really good, and. Um, it's really kind of uh, it's really kind of fascinating because the the two themes are one is the the obvious theme is that he's trying to uh, well he as a con man in Kansas um, he where you as you were saying at the beginning where his goals were getting more money and getting more women um, he he's shown what he would get if he would be the king of Oz which is um, what Evanora shows him shows him the room of oh shows him the room with gold in it, and so he's motivated to save Oz, even though it might not be at the beginning for all kinds of positive reasons. But when he sees all that gold, he it, he decides it's worth it to go on this quest and put himself in danger. Not that he has much choice, but anyway, we need to take another break. Um, we're talking about the movie Oz the Great and Powerful with my guest Tim Holmes, who plays the circus strongman in the movie. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Do you find yourself tearing pictures of rooms out of magazines? Do you watch certain movies and TV programs because of the homes they show? Are Sundays reserved for open houses? Then you are a home dreamer. And someday, you will build or renovate your dream home. 
Steve Clip has spent three decades learning how to win at the Dream Home Game. His show, Winning the Dream Home Race, can be heard every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Let Steve Clip help save you money and make you a winner. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about the movie that you have to go see called Oz the Great and Powerful with my guest, Tim Holmes, who plays the circus strongman, the key figure in this movie. And um, I was just uh, trying to summarize a little bit of the plot without giving too much away, but um, but I was starting to say about how Oz um, not only you know is is challenged by trying to save um, the Emerald City, but he's also challenged in terms of his character and become going from this small town circus con man. Um, who seduces women along the way, even married women, to um, to someone who has a much better character. He grows in character as well as, um, as well as trying to surmount the obstacle of saving Emerald City. So that those are the two uh, themes that are going on. And it really makes it interesting. He plays a great Oz. You know his his facial expressions and so on. He's just um, there, there's a lot of a lot of struggle going on inside of him in so many different ways, and he really plays that so well. Um, so I, um, well, so I don't want to take up too much time with the plot. I just wanted to give you all uh, some kind of a backdrop so that uh, Tim could then tell you about what it was like to work on the set. And during the break, I asked him how long he was on the set, and he said two months. So that's a long time. So tell us some of your the highlights. Some of the highlights would be. Um, Sam Raimi has the actors in scenes um, after the end of the day we go in and we do um, uh, wild tracks um, so at the end of the day I'm sitting here in the middle of a sound stage which is the size of a football stadium it's gigantic mm-hmm. there were seven of them and this was the whole circus town and it's me, James Frankel Michelle Williams and Zach Braff sitting in the middle of the, of the uh you know, size football field with Sam Raimi and a sound guy. And then a hundred crew actors and extras are all around us. Everybody who's there during the filming has to stay there to get the same um, atmosphere for sound for editing later. And he would have us go back over our lines and have us improv some stuff and do some stuff. So here's little old me, Mr. Tim Holmes with James Franco, Michelle Williams, and Zach Braff. And he's got me doing some crazy stuff, man. Like I was what? like, uh, he had me running in place as I'm yelling at uh, a balloon up in the air. Uh. You know what I mean? Imaginary balloon and yelling, Oz, Oz, I'm going to rip your head off, and yelling crazy stuff like that. And I, basically, I just had to be yelling and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And it was just, you know, it's very, um, I mean, you can't be embarrassed. You can't be shy. You got to step up to the plate. You got to do it. This is your one shot, you know. Don't don't choke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so well, I remember it, that 
scene where they, you were, where he's going up in the balloon, the tornado's taking him away, and you're shouting at him, and, and there is like that echo. I mean, you, it's booming. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was, and there's a huge, huge fan on during that shoot too. It was gigantic. It was really windy. Mm. One in your face and over top. Yeah, so that was two months of, of that. And then another cool part was there's a part where I smashed the music box, mm-hmm. and that kind of all came as an improv. Huh. Um, and um, me and Sam were sitting there talking before we shot uh, a scene, another take of it. And he's like, you know what I want you to do? This time I really want you to like smash it in your hands, act like you smash it, and throw it down on the ground, and then start going towards uh, the trailer. I'm like, all right, all right, we'll do, we'll do. So we do the scene, get ready, and I do it. I, I slam the box down the ground, it smashes, it bounces all over the place, and um, then the prop master comes up after it's all done and goes, "What happened? What'd you do? Why'd you do that?" Because why'd you smash the box? I go, Sam told me to. He's like, oh my God, that's the last one. We don't have any more. I'm like, oh, um, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> they had to get a crew of like, was it eight people together? And the next two nights, they had to knock out and they made uh, six more boxes. These are pretty <laughs> intricate. They made a yes, it was a very intricate box with a couple dancing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah, I smashed it to smithereens. So how many, did you have to smash any more? Yeah, and then after they made, you know, six more, then we had to come back in. I had three of them, and then I had to, that's when you see me smashing my hand, and they had to do an insert of that of me smashing in my hand, and we punched in on that. And so that was kind of improv we added later to the storyline to get it going. Oh, yeah, that's and, right. I do remember that. Now, did So that was a, did you really, <laughs> I mean, was that a real wooden um box that you smashed that you crumpled yeah, in your hand yeah it was light wood it's like it's called i think balsa wood is that what it was yeah it was light wood and uh i mean it took a little some 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 gripping on it. it it took a little something to get it but yeah i had to smash it squish it apart and that's the was, one that they liked the best of course yeah, as opposed to the one that I threw it on the ground and went to a couple of pieces and flew about 20 feet in the air and hit people in the face. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> what? Tell us some other things that happened. Um, probably, well, so I mean, what was it like? Who? What was um, it like to um, work with some of these actors? Who did you like the best, and did you become friendly um, with it? It was weird. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm method in my ways of mm-hmm. my character development. Mm-hmm. So I would be, as soon as I got to set in the morning, it took me an hour to get ready. They covered a tattoo on one of my arms, and then I got in uh, my outfit, and I'd stay in my outfit all day, all through lunch, all through that stuff. And I grabbed two dressing rooms. I bought a bunch. I brought a bunch of weights from home, a weight bench and some dumbbells and stuff, and I just sat in my dressing room, and I had pictures of strongmen from carnivals. Mm around my room and I just sit there and work out and listen to some crazy Eminem music or some heavy metal music on some headphones. Just kind of focus on my stuff and just kind of be in that mindset. And my main intention, circumstance in this whole thing is that this guy, I think, I know in my heart, he slept with my wife, so I'm going to kill him. So all day... When I see James Franco and stuff, I I I, I hate him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, 
I look at him, I'm looking at him like, this guy, you know, messed with my wife. And I'm thinking he messed with my real wife. And so I wasn't very friendly mm. to him, too, because just for me, that's how I needed to be. Yes. Uh, and then I was kind of like in my, I'd stay in my room, and then I, when I'm on set, I'd have headphones on, and I'd kind of just be over there doing push-ups or whatever and just think about that stuff. Because, man, I have one shot here, you know what I mean? I'm in this huge film, and I'm not going to take it for granted and be hanging out and talking and, hey, guys, yes. here and trying to do this and just being a goofball. But I would sit there and I'd watch Michelle Williams and James Franco, how they block their scene and set it up and practice and get ready to do their scenes. I'd sit there and watch, you know, um, these A-list actors prepare to do uh, their work. And that was a great learning experience for me. Mm. I'd, sit there, I'd watch Sam Raimi set up shots, talk to his DP, his stunt coordinator, how he handled his crew and his team, because I'm a filmmaker too, and that's my end goal. And I would watch how he did this. And this was my school, a great school. <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, absolutely. It was awesome. James Franco always carried a book with him every time. And I asked him, I said, what's with the books? And he goes, well, the books were all about inventors. So he, in the movie, wanted to be the next Einstein Houdini. Oh, yes, right. So in his character development, he would read books about inventors, Einstein, Houdini, or any other kind of inventors. Huh. all, and in between take, in between everything, he'd pop out a book, boom, start reading, go away, pop out a book. I mean, it, it, at that level, you're not popping out your, your sides to look at your lines. You know your lines. They're in you already. You don't have to, I mean, they're already memorized. They're inside of you. They're just going to come out when they come out. So his character development is getting inside the mind of Oz because he's an inventor. He's a magician. So I learned, and that was a great key set, and I've learned that ever since every project I've worked on now, I always will read, I'm always reading, always reading a book and keeping in my uh, 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 my character development. Hmm. I'll listen. Yes, that's These very are, interesting. That is a very good um, uh, way to, to do it. I mean, I haven't really heard of that before. Yeah, that and music is what works for me. I always, always have music because music is a good mood setting for me depending on what the character is. So I have my headphones on and read a book. And it's just focused, you know what I mean? Because, like I said, <laughs> you better be grateful you're working as an actor because a lot of people want this job. So you better give it 110% because you might not be able to give it 110% again because you might not work again. So you better do it right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And do you know why did, did um, Sam Raimi pick the, to film, choose to film in Michigan because that was where he was from? I mean, he wanted to bring... Um, these jobs and, and the money to Michigan? Yeah. Sam Raimi's uh, born and raised in Michigan, along with the editor, Bob, and they went to school at Michigan State University, which is so close to my house now I could ride my bicycle to it. Um, and they, with uh, uh, Bruce, uh, the guy from Evil Dead, that's their first film they did together. And then uh, Bob, the editor, did Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3 of them, too. So he he's, he loves Michigan. He's, he's, he still has a place in Michigan, and he's here a lot. And Michigan had a film incentive, 42% film incentive. So mm. for every dollar you spent here that was uh, um, in the Michigan film incentive guidelines, you got 42% of that back. So that was a big savings for them. And uh, 
and, and Sam, he loves Michigan, and he loved to bring stuff back to Michigan. So that was awesome. And, mm. uh, yeah, mm. it's crazy. And I, if this was in California, I never would have got the job. Well, huh. I don't know. You don't say never, but the chances of it would have been slim to numb. You think that your being from Michigan helped? I think being from Michigan helped because um, my role was uh, cast, being cast in uh, New York, Chicago, Detroit, Los Angeles is where they were looking for the strong man. Hmm, that's interesting. Wow. All and right, I, we I need to take I, another break. I know, I want to keep asking you about this, but we do need to take another break. My guest well, is Tim Holmes. We're um, talking about the movie Oz the Great and Powerful. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Very rarely does our news media spotlight some of the good things that are happening in our world. For more of these good stories and the people that are creating them, Tune in to Bread for the Journey with Mariana Cacciatore. Whether these good acts stem from personal tragedy or just a desire to help out and make this a better world in which to live, you'll find inspiration in every week's program. Connect with those that are doing something great for a change. Listen for Bread for the Journey, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with Tim Holmes about the movie he is in, Oz the Great and Powerful. Um, and he plays the great and powerful strongman in the circus. Um, there is, there's so much to talk about about this movie, and I know we, we only have one segment left. One thing that I thought was charming that I wanted to mention was um, in the, before while Oz is in Kansas, when the movie starts in black and white, and, um, and he's this huckster um, magician in this small circus, and um, he's doing a show, and this little girl, he does a great show. I mean, he, he's believable so much that there's this girl who's sitting in a wheelchair, a little girl in the front row, and she says, and her parents say, can you please make me walk, make me walk, because he's done all this magic, and so they're thinking that maybe they can make their little girl walk. 
And um, and then, of course, he knows or he feels he's a fraud. He doesn't think he can make her walk. So he runs off the stage. He says something and runs off the stage. And, and all the people <laughs> get angry at him. And so he, this little girl um, is next scene. There's a metaphor. She represents when he gets to the Emerald City, she becomes a character that's the China doll, who is the same actor who plays the uh, voice, uh, you know, of, of both of them, and uh, plays both of them. And um, but the China doll is not a real actor. It's a tiny little figure that's made by how is it made? <laughs> it's CGI. made uh, when <laughs> CGI. Yeah, huh? You know, special effects. And so, um, but but I love that there were all these um, characters where there were the parallels in in Kansas and in Oz, uh, in the Emerald City, and that was just it was so interesting to try to figure out who they are, you know, who they were, um, right. who the parallel character was in in uh, Kansas City. Uh, you know, for me, I I wrote a book called Bad Boys. Why we love them, how to live with them, and when to leave them. And I talk about twelve different types of bad boys. And one of the types I have um, is is my, they're all all the twelve types are connected to fairy tales um, because you know as examples to show what kind of uh, guy they are. And so I have one of them who is um, the the uh, Wizard of Oz. Um, because he's a, a grandiose dreamer. Would, I call him the would-be wizard, and he's a grandiose dreamer, you know, like, like Oz, that he really isn't able to, uh, to create magic, but he has all these dreams. And, um, and then, you know, of course we look at movies from our own perspective, and then I couldn't help thinking that Theodora, the first, um, the first witch that Oz meets when he lands in the Emerald City, um, she she's a good girl. At when she meets him, she falls in love with him. She realizes that uh, I'm not going to tell you how, but she sees that he's now with the good witch, and so she becomes really angry, and uh, she becomes the type in my bad girls book that I talk about as the bad girl scorned, and so so I think of her as the Jody Arias of Oz. She wants to kill Oz after he he betrays her and he after he's led her to believe that he wanted to be with her she was going to be his queen and now he's with Glinda so uh she goes from being this this good witch to uh to being a bad girl scorned <laughs> couldn't couldn't help seeing all of that in this um so let's talk about what what has happened to you since being in this movie um well it's definitely taken me to the next level of my acting career. Um, uh, got a great manager out of it. Got a great agent out of it. Uh, got a great publicist out of it. Um, had some offers, but uh, they always said, no, we're not going to go with that because we're going to wait for something else. Um, wait I got a minute, people- wait a minute. You had some offers and your manager and, and agent decided yeah, to turn it down? Oh, yeah, because they were like, okay, if you just got off The Wizard of Oz and then you had a guest starring role on Vegas uh, on CBS, the next thing you do has to be equal to it or better than that. You can't go down. How do you get better than this blockbuster Oz movie? Another uh, another big film, Uh you know? Yeah. Um, But not do a film 
where you only have one line in it. Mm-hmm. You know? Now, Uncle Beck, I mean, so it has to be either, you know, a main character and, and the storyline. Um, so I'm like, okay, yeah, because a couple of that came were like, okay, same kind of stuff. And, I mean, the stuff I did was for character reasons, you know, to shave my head and grow my beard out. And next time I do that again, it's going to be the sequel. But the next thing, you know, step I want to do is go to the next level would be a different character, which would be yeah. change my hair out. Because I can be a chameleon and become somebody different. Yes. Yes, I was going to ask you about that. You don't want to be, other than for the sequel, you don't want to be typecast as just, that does limit you. Exactly, yeah. So, um, and then after the the after party, Ted Ramey, Sam Ramey's brother, uh, offered me a gig that's shooting in Michigan this summer. He wants me to be in a film he's producing, and Sam Ramey's wife is going to be the director, I heard. So, um, I have that gig. That's cool. Right now, I'm a writer, so um, I have three screenplays. One of them I wrote, and I shot a trailer up to get financing. It's called Detroit Riders. It's like a Sons of Anarchy meets Biker Boys shoots in Michigan. So I have people who want to finance that now. That's a $5 million film. And wow. I wrote it. I wrote it, directed it, and starred in it. So I'm doing that, and I have another one that I'm doing, too, in uh, Michigan, which is a true story of a guy from Michigan. It's a 1970s film. And right now we're shooting that to get because the people want to see that right now too for financing. So I'm working on those two projects, and then actually tomorrow I go see Ryan Gosling and producers for How to Catch a Monster, which is shooting here in Michigan. Oh my so God, that's fabulous! Hopefully I get that project because I love some Ryan Gosling, man. His stuff yes. is amazing, and this is yes. his film he wrote and directed. So it should be an amazing, crazy film shot here in Michigan. You know, Michigan so, is going to become the, the the Hollywood, the next Hollywood at this rate. Well, you know, we, we were really jamming there for a while. We had more films being shot in Michigan than anywhere in the United States. And then we got a new governor, and that governor got rid of the 42% film incentive, and he kept it, and he took it down to 30% and put a cap on it. And we lost, like, the Batman movie, Dark Knight Rises, we're going to shoot here, and we lost that. We lost the Avengers movie. It was going to shoot here. We lost that. We lost some big projects. And um, it kind of is, you know, a bonus for me because now when I go on an audition for, you know, some roles, it's me against 50 guys, not me against, you know, a 1,000 guys. Uh-huh. Better, especially because I'm a seasoned actor and I practice like a maniac uh, for my craft. So, you know, my chances are better. My odds are better. Well, that's... You know, that's fabulous. You know, it's and it's so interesting. I mean, this is how things work in Hollywood. Like, it's one little thing can can make. I mean, you know, one. I don't mean little thing, but I mean one one twist of fate. Like one. I mean, <laughs> I know it's. You know, obviously you worked you worked for this your whole life to get this opportunity, but still, it's like one opportunity can can make all, the whole difference. Yeah. So so when that opportunity happens, uh, if you're an actor out there. Um, when you get that one shot, just be ready. You know what I mean? And to be ready is to take class. If you can't afford class, just get with uh, other actors in your area, your city, who, you know, want to study. And you can read books. You can look at stuff online. You know, Meister Technique. That's where James Franco studied it, uh, Meister Technique. And all his uh, videos are online. You can learn the technique, practice the technique with your friends, get together once, twice a week. I mean, I take eight classes a week. That's how, that's how bad I want it. Eight mm-hmm. classes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, 
and and study, you know. And then if if there's not a part out there for you, write something. Write your part. That's what I did for my Detroit Riders. I wasn't getting gigs for a long time. I said, you know what? Forget it. I'm writing it. I want to be a biker guy, Sons of Anarchy. And me shooting that, uh, writing that film and shooting that short got me the part on Vegas as a biker guy. Um, that's and, very cool. Well, Tim, you are certainly an inspiration. I hope um, all of you listening out there, whether you want to be actors or whatever you want to be, that, that Tim's lessons are work for any dream that you might have. That you you know you just have to work really really hard so that when that opportunity comes, that brief window of opportunity, you're ready and you kill it. So thank you for joining me on Dr. Carol's Couch. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.